0: I don't think there's a lot of things that are much better than just chilling chilling with you know friends with with your boys with your homies or if you're a girl with with your girls i just think i think friendship is a great thing i think it's a gift that god gave us you know like we look at friendships in the bible like uh, david and jonathan um it's the bible says that the soul of jonathan was knit to david and, and or david to jonathan you know that they were they were very close they loved each other um as brothers, you know, the Bible says that there's a brother that sticketh, or a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And I just think that um, I feel like a lot of times for me, I take for granted the relationships I have. And, and as far as friendships go and the kind of friends that I've been able to make, the kind of friendships I've been able to make over my uh, short 18 year lifetime lifespan so far. Uh, but still, um, I don't know I was just kind of thinking about that and just just being grateful for the friends that I have. And uh, maybe an encouragement to you to be grateful for the friends that that you have. Welcome to Locked In episode 4, I think. Gosh, they're, they're kind of running together now. Um, this one is being recorded later than I normally record it. Normally I record a week in advance. Uh, this is recorded the day in advance, which actually works out because it, it, if I would have recorded it a week in advance, I would have not had as much to talk about as I do now. Uh, as you may well know, most of my Locked In episodes... I spend I I spend the time, ranting about my frustrations, with the supposed Christian institution that I am a part of as a college as a student athlete in, at college. Uh, my I no longer have expectations. Okay, this I'm just gonna put that out there. I have zero expectations for anything that ever happens now at all. Um, and again, I there are a lot of things that this institution that I really appreciate. A lot of people I really appreciate a lot of friendships I've made uh, and I love playing basketball it's it's I in my opinion it's the greatest sport in the world I mean it's my favorite sport I love it it's 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 I mean I, yeah I've spent my life uh, a large portion of my life has been dedicated to the sport of basketball and I, I it's it's given me a lot in return and I, I praise God for what that has been in my life and uh, what I've been able to learn from that All this being said, uh, this episode is not going to be much different. I'm going to spend a large portion of this ranting about my institution. And the reason being is because I had low expectations before, but like I said, I now have zero expectations. And it's because we have officially crossed the line. I am no longer attending an institution that is apostate. I am attending an institution that is foundationally deeply anti-bible unless and i'm going to say i'm going to talk about this there's contingencies here unless they were to make some official statement or if they were to make some official change um, the assumption is going to be that they agree uh with with these with these anti-biblical doctrines and uh, we're going to talk about this so this is february now we're in the month of February. January felt like it was four months long. What happened there? Uh, but we are in the month of February. February, uh, as you should know, like any American, is Black History Month, which is, you know, whatever. I, I couldn't care less. I, I don't care what month it is ever. Like Pride Month, like, unless you're really into that, like, who really cares and celebrates? I mean, I think it's dumb. I think it's dumb that we celebrate really any, like, give a month for anything, like, any, I don't know. And that's a whole different conversation. But it, it's Black History Month, and um, uh, Martin Luther King Day was was a few weeks back, uh, and we were supposed to have a forum, or I, uh, we call it convocation, uh, but basically like this kind of forum uh, for MLK Day, but that ended up being canceled due to weather. So instead, we had it. We had it this week. So we had it in February, which kind of worked out because again, February is Black History Month, uh, and it was going to be the first convocation of the month of February. It was going to be this MLK forum. Well, that was Monday of this week, of, of the week, because I'm recording on a Wednesday. So this was just a couple days ago. We had this MLK forum. I walk in, again, low expectations, because first of all, I already know the beliefs and, and the doctrines of most in this institution, most of the higher-ups. So I was definitely, expect again, low expectations. I was expecting it to be kind of, Hard to listen to and and snowflakey and that kind of stuff, uh, but I was gonna sit there and I was gonna be quiet and I was gonna I was gonna open my Bible and I was gonna try and not pay attention to what they're saying and just read the Bible and make make profitable use of my time, but it ended up ended up being a whole lot worse. So I walk I walk in and I sit in my designated seat next to next to my friend. And I'm just sitting there, we're waiting for it to get started. I look up on stage, on stage they have couches, they have chairs, they have this kind of setup like a little, you know, like a like a little, like a meeting, like like what you would see on a, um, uh, what am I trying to say, like a late night show, you know, like Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon. I, I don't watch those, but you know, like that kind, that kind of idea. Or I, I guess if you're older, uh, what, what's the old guy that, that was, uh, is it Johnny Carson? Yeah, like like one of those kind of setups, right? So you have like a couch, you have a couple of chairs, and then you have like this area, this de- designated area for like an interviewer. Um, and the couches and the chairs were for the interviewees. Well, well, you know, fast forward a few minutes, uh, we have some people get up on stage. So we have uh, a lady who works at this institution. And uh, I, I know her not super well, but I know of her at least. And she ended up being the one who was BA facilitating and asking the questions. And then we have three other individuals. We have... Uh, a uh, young black kid who is a student here who apparently is the head of, like, I don't know, the social equity department that we have in the student body or something like that. I don't know. I, I don't know what he was. I, I hadn't heard of him, uh, which was my fault, honestly, because I should be trying to meet people because I, I should not be so introverted. But he was a student here. Uh, he was a black young man or. Light skin, however, you're, and mixed. I don't want to assume. I don't know what. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say anything wrong. So, um whatever. There was a a, a black man up there who was the head women soccer coach here at this institution. There was a black woman who supposedly was an ordained minister by some apostate church. And I say apostate church because if they're ordaining a woman, they are in heresy. And then there was another black man who was supposedly a free Methodist minister. And uh, now obviously, and we're going to get to this point too, he is, I, I say, supposedly a minister because he I don't believe he's qualified for his position. But we'll get to that. Uh, all of them black, by the way, because, you know, heaven forbid we have a white person talk about social justice, uh, except for the lady who wasn't giving the questions, the interviewer. She was not, like, she was white. So whatever. Anyway, nothing unexpected. It's about how I expected it to go. They start the conversation. Okay, everyone's filling in their their seats. They start talking. They ask questions, and they just start talking about Martin Luther. And and honestly, the narrative around Martin Luther it is it's it's hard because Martin Luther King Jr. I need to make sure I say the MLK, Martin Luther King Jr. Not um, or Doctor Doctor King. I, I don't know because I can't if I say Martin Luther, that's like the reformer. So. Anyway, MLK was a tremendous social activist. He did a lot for the civil rights movement and he should be remembered for that and for for you know, he had this famous speech, I have a dream. You know, he did a lot of great work for that and that, that for that I appreciate him. But uh, around Christian circles, the narrative on MLK I think needs to change. He was a a Baptist minister, but he was um he was a heretic. To say the least and i say this because i mean just just quickly like a couple of his major problematic very liberal beliefs would be that he did he denied the resurrection well i mean that's the big one and like honestly how can you deny the resurrection and still be a christian i mean that is a that is a essential part of the gospel so he held a lot of anti he held a lot of bad doctrines as a minister but Christians seem to really revere him as if he was some great hero of the faith when he really wasn't. And of course, this has to do with with inter- non, interdenominationalism and ecumenical, like all this kind of stuff. So you know, I get why a lot of Christian circles hold have him in high hold him in high reverence. Uh, but I, I just think you know people need to really do maybe a little bit more research and understand some of his really problematic liberal views concerning the Bible. But as a as a social civil rights activist. Uh, he did a lot of great work right and i have no problem with us having a day to f- of celebration for him uh it was it, it was a tragedy his assassination was honestly a tragedy anybody's assassination truly is a tragedy but um so i have no problem with that and i have no problem talking about him. so so they start the conversation talking about mlk and it's fine it's whatever uh they talk about you know social inequality be- amongst black people and how black people are or are, are underprivileged and how they're they didn't really talk a lot about oppression to begin with at least the conversation was fine it was whatever i was i was tired you know it's earlier in the morning i'm tired i have classes i'm not really paying attention i'm trying to read uh in psalms and and try and you know pay attention to that when i'm i'm hearing this up front so a lot of things are happening fast forward we end up getting to this free Methodist minister, this black man who was sitting, sitting at the end. And he starts talking and I hadn't been paying a whole lot of attention as to what was going on and what was being said. But I did when this happens, because the first thing that comes out of his mouth is this, I don't want to get too political. He said something like that and immediately my head shot up cuz I thought, well, oh boy, here we go cuz that's that's like that's like a, you know, famous last words. That's like saying no offense and then saying something offensive, you know, it's like I don't want to get too political, but now we all know he's going to say something political. Well, he he goes into talking about Trump. And and what he talks about Trump is he's trying to make an illustration about justice in in, you know, like social justice. And what he says is that he heard of a congressman who said that even if Trump was convicted of a felony, that he would still be okay with him being president. And then he was like, he talking about, you know, where's the justice and that and all this stuff. Uh, first of all, there's a lot of fallacies behind that itself, because I think that's probably taken out of context. I think the fact of the matter is, if, if we're talking about injustice in America right now, it is an objective fact that Trump is being oppressed through the legal system. I mean, his indictments are, are a joke, to be honest. I mean, comparative to the fact that we have an actual criminal as a president of the United States right now, I mean, Trump is, if anyone's being oppressed right now in the legal system, it's Trump. So I think the context, I, I don't know for sure, because I, I don't know the story, he, whatever congressman or whatever, you know, quote he was referencing was, I don't know the, the context behind it, but I would assume it probably had something to do with that, that even if Trump was convicted of a felony, it would probably be a false conviction, and so there, you know, obviously then there'd be no problem with him being president. Um... But that was his point. He's trying to be like, you know, where's the justice in that when you have, you know, black men and black women and black kids who are getting taken off the streets for no reason, which, again, that's the majority of cases. That's not true anyway. uh, So that was the first thing he said that was obviously political um, and kind of set up his it it kind of made a platform for what he was going to go on to say. Next thing, he starts talking about George Floyd. Here's the deal with George Floyd. That George Floyd's passing was a tragedy And I I would say In my personal opinion The situation was not handled The way it should have been Or the way it could have been But George Floyd was not innocent Okay, George Floyd was a crackhead running around on the streets Who was You know It's not like Again it's not like George Floyd was some great civil rights activist That got killed for no apparent reason George Floyd was not an innocent man I mean, none of us are innocent, but George, George Floyd, especially, he was not an innocent man. His passing was tragic, and again, the situation and all of it was terrible. But to again to put you know hoist him up as some example of you know inequality in the in, in the legal system, I mean that's this really quite silly. I mean, the numbers don't back it up. I mean, this George Floyd's case is an anomaly in the system. I mean, honestly, like it is. And again, this is this is what they do. They do this with abortion, too. They take the minority case to justify the majority case. So they take one example of George Floyd and the injustice that happened there. And then they say, well, this happens all the time when it doesn't. And and again, it's an anomaly. They say this happens all the time. And so they justify trying to try and justify defunding the police because the police are systematically racist. So the George Floyd situation, that, that's that's really not a great example to bring up, I think. And I don't think it's profitable, honestly. I think it actually um, hurts the conversation more than anything. So that was his next point. So again, we're kind of setting up this, he's kind of setting up his narrative. And, on, and you're starting to get a picture of his politics. Which again, everyone's entitled to their opinions, that's fine. But I, I mind you, I am at a institution that has Christian, you know, like they, this is supposedly a Christian institution. So, therefore, the assumption would be is that we stick to the word of God when it comes to political issues. At least, that's what we ought to do. Fast forward, we keep going on. Well, then then we, we start crossing over to where things are getting serious. He then makes a statement, this, this supposed free Methodist minister, he, he then makes a statement about, he starts talking about voting. And how we need to get out and vote, and we need to vote for people who are going to help us and help bring equality to society. And he makes this comment, and this was this was where I officially was like, okay, this is this is getting ridiculous. Is when he made the comment, we need to. He goes, I'm tired of these, or some along the lines of this. I'm not. This isn't word for word. Something along the lines of him being tired of old white men and old white ladies in Congress you know, making all these laws and not caring about us. That's what he said, old white men and old white ladies. And then he caught himself. I will say he caught himself because he then paused and then he goes, well, and old black people or old black men and old black ladies. But we I knew what he meant. What he meant was he's tired of white people being in Congress and that we need to have more black people and that the system is rigged against black people, even though in, you know, a true meritocracy, that's not the way it works. But, you know, the best person wins, That people vote for who they want. In a, in a perfect democracy, of course, we don't have a perfect democracy and a perfect democracy does not exist. Uh, but again, we're starting again. I'm starting to get as I'm sitting there listening to this, I'm starting to get more and more understanding and and, you know, his politics and his views. And I'm starting to starting to get a little bit weary here. I'm like, OK, I'm I'm kind of getting tired of this. Can we please? Can What I was thinking to myself is can somebody else talk like somebody cut him off and interrupt him before he says something really dumb, which he ended up saying something really dumb that was inexcusable the next thing he says is inexcusable so he's talking about this he's talking about injustice talking about we need to vote in people who are going to uh you know help the social justice movement whatever blm i don't know whatever he gets he goes on to say and we have and again this is not a quote because i can't remember exactly what he said but he goes along along the lines of this something about not or, or that there are senators now, or congressmen who are now trying to tell his daughters what they can and can't do with their body. Now, I'm not one to make assumptions. I think, well, I think we all make assumptions, but I try not to because I think that's bad. I think I think when you make assumptions, you you end up looking like a fool a lot of the times. But I think it's hard to misinterpret that statement. I mean, that was it is blatantly obvious. I mean, he literally said that. He he doesn't want people telling his daughters what they can and can't do with their body. If that's not a reference to abortion, I, I can't think of anything else I could have possibly been. Literally not anything. Else. I mean, he, he's talking about politics. We're talking about politics. We're talking about congressmen. I mean, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself: Did he literally just advocate infanticide in front of the, in, in on stage at a Christian institution, and nobody's gonna mention this? No one's gonna say anything. Like I'm looking around. And, and and honestly a lot of times i feel like i'm the only one who's ever bothered by these things I, it, at like chapels and at these convocations but i look around and people are actually starting to get pressed because once you get into politics like this isn't this isn't religion i mean i mean i think that i mean abortion i think has a lot to do with you know the bible and religion but that, that's a different conversation but you know like you know a lot of kids here don't couldn't care less about the bible or religion but once you get into politics i mean that's in, that's an issue that's going to start pressing people and I'm looking around and people are actually starting to get pressed. I mean, people are, are laughing. People are, are squirming in their seats. Uh, even, you know, one person kind of quietly shouted Trump 2024 after he made the comments about Trump. I mean, things are starting to actually get a little bit, a little bit pressing and you can kind of feel it in the room, but he doesn't stop talking and he just keeps going on and just, and I can't remember everything, but just, I, I just remember sitting there and just being appalled. I mean, and, and wondering, who you know is anybody going to like stop him is anyone gonna rush up on stage even if you don't stop him i was waiting like after you got done talking i was waiting for someone to mention something or be like you know or at least say like man i don't know about that or you know i wouldn't agree with that nobody nobody mentioned it in fact the the next people who spoke uh, commended him and said that oh that's you know it's hard to follow up on that I was, no it's not i know exactly what to say to that that's absurd you're supposed to be a minister you just advocated for the for the shedding of innocent blood you, you know the, the lord hates you know the bible says you know these six things that the lord hate yea, seven and abomination and one of those is the shedding of innocent blood you just advocated for that you're supposed to be a minister are you serious and nobody's going to say anything and this is what i'm this is where he crossed the line i was like this is no longer this is no longer tolerable this is this is unacceptable You were supposed to be, this is supposed to be a Christian institution and they are advocating infanticide and nobody's gonna say anything. I waited, I waited the whole time. Nobody made mention of it. Everyone glanced over. I talked to my friends afterwards. Everybody was shocked by it. Nobody seemed, though, to care. As as far as, you know, like the faculty or or the the people running the forum, like the students seemed to be the only ones who care. Like everyone's looking around, like, the heck's going on? Did he really just say that? I mean, seriously? And this man's claiming to be a shepherd. Well, he, he, he is. I mean, if he's a minister, he, he's, he's the head of a church. I mean, he's shepherding the, God's flock. And these are his beliefs. Again, I mean, he advocated for the shedding of innocent blood on stage at a Christian college. And nobody cares. And I, I waited and... And I I implore right now that this is what I'm saying. I implore my institution right now to make a statement con- condemning what was said, to issue a statement, to make clear the position that they hold on abortion. If they don't, then it is the assumption is that they are in agreement. So again, we don't make assumptions, but that, that's what you do. I mean, if someone says that, if you give them, if you give them the podium, and someone says something, and you don't. You don't have a doctrinal statement or anything that says anything against it. You don't make a statement against it. The assumption is you are in agreement with what they say. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm at a Christian college that is totally okay with the shedding of innocent blood. That is totally okay with going completely against what the Word of God says. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's the way it is right now. And again, I implore, I I, I challenge my institution, please. I mean, you have, they have access to every single one of our emails, every single one of our phone numbers. They could send us a text if they wanted to. Send an email at the next chapel service. Make a statement. Do something to clear this up because this is absurd that nobody made mention of this. Nobody addressed this. Don't be afraid. Please do not be afraid. I mean, honestly, stand up for the truth. And if you're not willing to, well, um, you're not, honestly, you're not fit for, for, for your position, honestly, I mean, you are in charge of a college that's educating children, not children, adults, I guess, because we're college students. I can't believe I was just college children. My bad. You're, you're, but you're educating people, and you're, you're supposed to be a Christian institution, so people are supposed to be getting Christian education, right? But if you're teaching things that are completely contrary to the Bible, I mean, you're, you, so you're not. The truth is you're not a Christian institution. You're just Christian in name, maybe, right? Maybe you come up with some cool Christian things that may are a little interesting and you have some extra classes that people can take. But, you know, as far as actually sticking to what the Word of God says when it comes to issues as serious as the shedding of innocent blood, we're just we're just not going to worry about it? What? Honestly. So, I I, I mean, I would. Like, I, I'm i waiting. I'm waiting for them to say something about it. We had a, We had a chapel service today. I was waiting. Somebody like for the announcements. Just say something. Just just make a statement. It doesn't have to be big. Just briefly. Just briefly say something. Like, hey, you know, I'm not, the form, it went pretty well. You know, you, they could even say that, you know, like everything was great and stuff, but we're not completely in agreement with everything they said or you know, when it comes to what, you know, Reverend or So and so said, you know, we don't probably agree with that and, and you know, just to clear this up, but no. We're not gonna say anything about it. We're going to allow this man to to claim to be a minister, a shepherd of God's flock, who is shepherding, who is shepherding God's flock, and who we're going to give him a platform and we're going to allow him to say this completely contrary, this this thing that is completely contrary to the Word of God, to advocate for infanticide, for the shedding of innocent blood, and we're not going to say anything. We're just going to be okay with it. I mean, I, I don't even care. Like, I completely looked past the fact that there was a supposed woman pastor on stage because that's apostasy enough like that's that's bad enough but this is this is a line right here i mean this is absurd but what do you expect i mean this is the world we're living in i mean the the american church i talk about this so much you know the canker in the church the cancer the disease that is eating away at the church it's getting worse i mean it really is I mean, finding an actual and, and this is what I want to be. I want to be the light to those to those young people who are looking for a Christian college, who are looking for a, a good college to get a good education, a Christian education, and to not have to be you know you know pummeled by these kind of doctrines and by this kind of teaching all the time and by liberal theology. It's hard to find. It's hard to find an institution that's going to be doctrinally sound. It's hard to find an institution that's not going to be liberal, that's not going to be woke, that's not going to be filled with a bunch of snowflakes to the brim. It's getting harder, and it's near impossible now. And I just I want my example. I want, I want my experience to be an example to those that you need to you need to understand that obviously no matter what, there's never going to be a perfect situation, but you need to examine. What situations you're you're putting yourself into, and if you are going to even a Christian college, I mean, be prepared. I mean, be founded and and, and, and you know you're grounded in the Word of God, and be prepared. You know, the Bible says, like the Bible says, be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you. You know, well, be ready for these challenges. I have I have another friend from my church that she actually went to a Christian college up in Pennsylvania. She's having the same issues with professors. And they're teaching these false doctrines and she's having to confront them and you know i praise god that we're both i mean i feel like we're both grounded in our faith and in in truth and in the word of god and that we're able to answer these questions and be ready for this but i don't think especially in today's day and age and in today's church i don't think every young person is and i'm i fear for those that you know it's possible that these institutions overthrow the faith of some and i pray that they wouldn't but you know i fear that that's that's what's happening that that they're teaching false doctrine, they're teaching false gospels even. I mean, today's chapel service, I mean they're talking about, you know, we're all God's children, you know, no matter what, and, and just God loves us so much. And, you know, you're feeding lies to these children. Again, children, what am I saying? You're feeding lies to these people, these young people who are still trying to figure out worldviews and life and, you know, they they're being taught this and fed this and this is what they're hearing all the time. And this is their impression of Christianity, maybe. Their first impression, perhaps. This is this is and, and they just think that this is Christianity. I'm already God's child, so the heck do I have to live like a Christian for? Why do I have to go to church? God's God's gonna forgive me, right? God loves me. And you turn people away from the truth, and you do terrible damage to the work of the church and to the gospel. And again, you you over you overthrow the faith of some. And this is this is what's happening in our in our colleges, even our Christian colleges. I mean, at this point, I, unless you're unless you're going to find a really good Bible college, I would almost implore Christians to just go to a if you're grounded, if you feel like you're grounded in your faith, just and, and your degree is not going to be something that's going to come in conflict a lot with with religion and stuff. Go just go to an institution that has a really good program for that for that you know uh, degree even you know even if it's secular i mean i just it, it's hard for me to want to advocate for christian colleges when they're just going to be teaching false doctrine and i fear that some even people that are grounded in there i mean i have to pray every single day that god would keep me grounded that he would keep me in truth and in his word and that i would not be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine so that i don't get caught up in this because when you hear it over and over and over i mean sometimes you even catch yourself thinking it or saying it or believing it and i don't want that i don't want that to get in i want to keep that out i want to separate myself from the apostate. Uh, from the from apostasy from heresy I want to you know abstain from all appearance of, of sin and evil. And so again I worry I mean I worry about what what the colleges are teaching what Christian colleges are teaching. I mean we this we see this liberal theology. I was just watching a video the other day of, of and by the way the Presbyterian church has gone off the rails. United Methodist and Presbyterian church off the rails. Apparently free Methodist is too cuz that's what this this college is supposed to be. But as this Presbyterian woman pastor so she's not a pastor woman speaking in front of the church and she was talking about how god lied to adam and eve and how the devil was trying to reveal the truth i mean this this is the stuff that's getting taught in churches now but this is probably the stuff and i haven't had that extreme yet here at college thank god but this is probably the stuff that's being taught at some seminaries and this is these are if these are the people being ordained by churches then this is stuff that's being taught at seminaries, at Bible colleges, at Christian colleges. Where we are drifting further and further away from the truth. And it's getting harder and harder to find good, solid teaching. I mean, it's so hard. So hard. Even the conservative teachers. John MacArthur, Calvinist. Voting Bachem, I love him. Calvinist. It's hard to find fundamental, good teaching king james bible teaching bible believing teaching even among conservative groups Uh, this is uh, this is just the world we live in and you know not to be you know not that we should be pessimistic i mean i think there's always hope in christ obviously but i just implore you be careful you know search the scriptures examine yourselves examine the teaching that you're putting yourself under and search the scriptures check whether it is in Compliance with the word of God or not. That's my exhortation for today. That's all I really have to say. Had to get that off my chest. My rant, my rant for the week is done. I'm good. We we, we, we gonna be okay. I, I worry about basketball. Second second semester. Honestly, my classes are going well, so I, I ain't got nothing to complain about. Things are going great. Mostly, the border is is up is going crazy. Things are going on, and in, in as far as politics and stuff, but that's not today's episode. This is locked in. I guess I could talk about it, but this is a locked in episode. I'm 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 not going to get too much into news and current events. I'm going to save that for my next podcast. You know, I have to have something to talk about. Uh, but that's that was on my mind. That's been on my mind this week. And uh, again, right before I get done, if anybody, and I don't think anybody from this college listens to my podcast, it's probably a good thing because they'd probably get pretty mad. But if anybody does listen to this, I implore you, please make a statement somehow, in some fashion, at the very least, at the very least, saying something, just please just give some kind of statement that says that you condemn, or at least don't condone that kind of talk when it comes to abortion, that you're, even if you don't say you're anti-abortion, just say you're not pro-abortion, please, I I mean, I'm just implore you. It's gonna save my heart a lot of vexation, honestly, please. But if not, my expectations are at, at null right now. I mean zero expectations anymore. So do what do as you please. Continue in your apostasy or repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Preach the true gospel, turn to the Bible and its truth, and not not the evils of your heart, and not the evils of false doctrine. Don't preach having itching ears in mind, but rather preach having the Bible in mind. Understand that we will all be judged. Understand that we will all give account for our lives. Just pray. Just think about that. Pray about that. Thank you for listening, and as always, until next time.